The West Virginia Mountaineers preview edition of the Big 12 College Experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score-exclusive perks and content available only to our patrons at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. And welcome, everybody, back to the Big 12 College Experience, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is team preview time, and we are starting preseason last place to uh, first place. And uh, emphasis on the preseason, because I guarantee this team that we're leading it off with will not finish in dead last in 14th place. And those that you know that know me, I am one of the co-hosts, aka Moneyline Mac, the former former video coordinator for Bob Huggins and Frank Martin, um, and a West Virginia grad and co-host of the Ryan and Russ Show, your source for West Virginia sports. And I am joined by my co-host each and every episode. He was born in Provo, Utah, family in Ames, Iowa. He is a walking contradiction. Lives in Morgantown and is also the co-host of the Ryan and Russ Show. Rambling Rush, what is going on, man? Nothing much. Actually, just finished up a Ryan and Rush show episode, so go check that out if you're into West Virginia sports specifically, at Ryan and Rush show, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, YouTube. Yes, and obviously the emphasis on the Ryan and Rush show, I got the hat on. If you guys want a hat, hit us up on our Twitter, at Ryan and Rush show, because this is a West Virginia Mountaineers preview episode. There we go. And the guy batting in the three-hole in the middle screen for those watching on YouTube.com, T-C-E-S-G-P-N. He has family. He's always fighting a family civil war. He's got family ties throughout the Big 12, has his seed spread throughout the Big 12 as well, in Texas, Oklahoma, Central Florida, Cincinnati, soon to be West Virginia. He is the Big 12 guru. Troy Chuni, what's going on, my man? I'm trying to live in this heat, baby. It's pretty dang hot outside. Walking back and forth across the greens. No bueno. But I did yes. find my hat. So there we go. And at least match for the uh, West Virginia episode. I, hey. uh, I'm not allowed to be super biased towards West Virginia, though. So going to have <laughs> oh, some yeah. reality checks for you guys. They, they didn't like that in the comments that we gave West Virginia the best fan base and atmosphere. And I'm just, so what I said on the episode, just let us have something. Clearly, we by, didn't have the number one coach BAC. and quarterback. If I want my BAC, then the only other person I want to hear complaining is the the UCF guy, the shiny, shiny Golden Knights. Oh, they hate He's allowed that. to complain, but those guys, I mean, again, if we're, if we're going by BAC, those two are they're taking the cake. Yeah, they, they could give it a run for your money. And you mentioned it. It is scorching hot, just like Neil Brown's uh, seat in year number five because the West Virginia Mountaineers were disappointing, to say the least, last year. Five and seven overall. They were six and six against the spread, so – little bit of a small loss last year if you bet blindly back the Mountaineers last year unless you took them on the money line against the Oklahoma Sooners uh Rush obviously disappointing year number four for Neil Brown why was last year such a disappointment in a much anticipated year that had some expectations I thought going into it with JT Daniels 
Well, I think I think it is the coaching. I think you have to blame Neil Brown for for uh, last season's what could have easily been. I would actually say an eight and four season. Um, clearly, first game at Pitt right off the bat, that famous fourth in an inch to go, and he doesn't have the balls to, to go for it. Here's about it. Um, I'm not saying there weren't other times where they couldn't admit, have amended for it, but hey, it's sometimes when those decisions you got to play to win, as they like to say, right? And then you go to a Kansas, Kansas takes a lead. You finally get it to overtime. And then, you know, they just find their way to, to beat you in that game. And you just really no mo- from that point, no momentum could get going. Um, you had two wins in a row from Townsend, Virginia Tech, get crushed in Austin, um, get some momentum against Baylor Thursday night. And then you have three losses in a row. And it's funny, Ryan, how you said six and six against the spread. I know the game that hurts you the most when you had that um, on October 29th, that parlay in saying that yeah. Virginia, excuse me, West Virginia would at least beat, uh, cover the spread against TCU, a game that we should have won and prevented TCU from going to the playoffs, mind you. Um, and then we end up losing by 10 points, which was absolutely ridiculous and not the story of the season at all. Yeah, were there times we got smacked and there was nothing we could do, but you know, it, it, it happens, but it's just, there's, I look at the pit game, the Kansas game will go 50-50. I do think we should have won that. Um, and then the TCU game. I mean, there's there's three wins right there to put you at eight and four, at least seven and five instead of five and seven. So I unfortunately have to blame last season on Neil Brown. And I know JT Daniels was supposed to be the guy coming in hot, gets injured again. But hey, you had Garrett Green and we're excited to see. And we'll talk about Garrett Green this year. Dual threat quarterback that can do a lot of good. And it took you that long to figure that out. So it last year was was coaching. And that's why Neil Brown's on the hot seat. Troy, outside looking in, not being a Mountaineer like Rush and I, what did you think of the Mountaineers last year, other than disappointing? So, if you look at their results from preseason, you would be pretty happy with the wins over, you know, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Baylor. You're thinking, like, man, we finally beat these three teams in a year. We got to win at least seven or eight games. So, Mm -hmm. yes, disappointing to say, you know, the least, but – I almost want to side with the whole like not having JT Daniels or any kind of a a quarterback that's supposed to be like that guy or that talented and, you know, promoting Chad Scott from running backs coach up to offensive coordinator does give some hope, at least to me on one side of the ball that the coaching could be a little bit more. It's not necessarily better, but uh, uh, like planned out. They've got to, you know, stick to whatever they decide they're going to concentrate on. And I think it's pretty clear because uh, I think it was right after Iowa State um, when they hit kind of rock bottom last year, got the three and six, one and five, a big 12 play. Neil uh, took over the play calling from Graham Harrell because they were so pass happy early in the year when they had such a good running room with Mathis and Donaldson. Obviously, Donaldson wasn't able to finish the year uh, due to injury, but I mean, you saw it with the other guys stepping in. Jalen Anderson, Justin Johnson, they each had 100-yard games, averaging six yards a carry. It, did, it kind of wasn't really who was playing running back. It was those guys running behind them. And I think it kind of um, – I, th- I think they kind of found an identity late in the year mm-hmm. the, when they beat Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, and I think that's going to carry over. But before we do that, I – got to let you know that we at the big 12 college experience are brought to you by 
the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon. Do your part in the war against the corporate gambling and sign up for SGPN Patreon. Tons of exclusive content, contests, and merch just for our patrons. Plus a monthly SGPN Stories podcast, an ad-free, uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being DGENs. There's even a Discord channel for you patrons out there. The Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is a great way to score exclusive perks and support SGPN. That is the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Of course, the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Hey, I'll tell you but, what, you uh, donate enough money to the Patreon account. Troy, who has plenty of seed spreading stories for, for that uh, behind the scenes. So de- definitely, definitely worth your fair share of money there. Yes, it is. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I, you know, Neil Brown's going to be my uh, soon need to start do- donating to this Patreon because this is a big year for uh, Coach Brown in Morgantown. I think uh, that's to say the least. He's entering year number five, 22 and 25 overall, 14 and 21 in the Big 12. Those watching on YouTube.com, shout out to Cameron Kerr, our graphics guy, mm. because you can see the ticker down there. Here it comes back across. I feel like I'm watching ESPN right now where the West Virginia Mountaineers over under. I don't remember it ever being this low rush. Uh, it said a four and a half, 200 to, and one to win the big 12, 501 to win the national championship. Uh, no, I think that's I'm not- 2000 and 5,000. You are right. Yeah, no, it's even. That's it's how, even yeah. Yeah, I, I, I lost track after carrying the zero. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's plus, how many plus, zeros are in it. Yeah. <laughs> so, thank you. 2001. Yeah. So, a lot. It, you know, if you bet on the Mountaineers to win the national championship and they get it done like they should have in 07, you're going to make a shitload of money. Um, Rush, I'm going to hand it back to you mm-hmm. because we cover this team on a daily basis. Transfer portal. Give us a grade. I know that they didn't do as much as compared to other teams, but in terms of do you think they won or lost the offseason, where would you grade their offseason? I actually would give them a solid B for the offseason. At first, like a lot of places, there's this initial panic when you start seeing people leave the transfer portal and you're not seeing a lot of people come in for those slots. But right now, a lot of people don't realize the transfer portal is still open. Like, teams, I, I don't know how you can do this, but, like, we're about to have training camp start here Sunday, and there are people still joining the team. So that's interesting there. I would say probably the biggest loss was was Prather, the wide receiver that went to Maryland. Um, you know, he was our, was our big number two last year to Bryce Ford Wheaton. Um, we did get him with Devin Carter, um, who will be our number one this year big body going to be a great wide receiver but when you kind of look at other positioning groups um and i definitely troy has a couple points on this uh throughout you know west virginia it's also a what do we still have or what's still our strong suit yeah we lost mathis to houston but our running back room is still incredible actually i think it was smart for mathis to leave i don't hold anything against him he probably should have left with how strong our running backs room is our offensive line is is solid we have three offensive linemen that are in the top 10 and they're, you know, uh, or top 12, uh, excuse me, 11 for the position groups um, for, for the big 12. Um, our secondaries are always good. You know, there's a couple questions. We'll see how, how the linebacker, we don't have a stills anymore. So we'll see how the linebackers and defensive line do, but Hey, if Garrett green can be like he was against uh, 
Oklahoma and then part of Oklahoma State. I know he got hurt that game with his dual threat capability and his confidence out there. I really don't see this as a, a I see it as a pretty good off season. I, I, I definitely give it a solid B. We're not, we're not missing much, but this is to go on what we said earlier. This is when Neil Brown comes in. Now, now it's the coach's turn to coach these guys up. So when it comes to the transfer portal, I still am a big believer in the, uh, the reason why they're transferring is because you still don't know a single dang thing about them. And maybe it's something that didn't gel in the locker room, or maybe that's just, you know, the a high school scout got the prediction wrong hmm. and people are getting overly hyped about these guys that haven't really even been on the field that much. Uh, the, the big hyped guys. So when you get anybody that's been a starter anywhere else, that's usually enough to work with. And then, like Rush said, West Virginia returns all five starting offensive linemen and yes. three running backs that all had big games on multiple accounts. Uh, they were pass happy and they still ran for, I think it was like 172 yards per game on the ground or something like that. Now you've got Chad Scott, like I said, promoted to the offensive coordinator. If they're not on the offensive side of the ball, if they're not going to ground and pound it and lean on the guys that decided to stay and represent the university, then I, I really don't know. It's just, it, it seems like it's too easy of a game plan. And it's also, it seems like it's exactly what they're going for. Having Devin Carter just as that, you know, big body throw it up there guy is also really going to help any, any kind of uh, third down help from any big, big, strong handed wide receivers is you got to take it. I remember he had a, like a six catch 140 yard game against North Carolina with a touchdown for NC state. So, I mean, he knows how to go get the ball and he's a pretty quick guy. I couldn't agree more. And I, I, I love your, your guys point. I mean, they return all five offensive linemen. They showed they could run the ball if they stay committed to it. Chad Scott is technically the offensive coordinator and he was promoted from running backs coach, but Neil is also going to be calling the play. So, but he, it is going to be influenced as well from Chad Scott. So looking forward to seeing how this offense kind of embraces the way that Kansas state played last year. It can be done where you're primarily a run team that controls the line of scrimmage, sets up the play action pass and controls the, just the line of scrimmage from, from the start of the game. And then it, it opens up uh, alleys down the field for a guy like Devin Carter behind the secondary. And I, I mean, for example, uh, PFF the other day released their all teams. West Virginia had three offensive linemen on the first team. Wyatt Malam, uh, Doug Nesser, and Zach Frazier, all, all on first team uh, uh, in terms of the offensive preseason Big 12. Um, on the defensive side, they had uh, veteran Aubrey uh, Burks in the backfield. So, they got him back, and then you mentioned it. C.J. Donaldson was on the second team. So looking forward to seeing how they implement as well Garrett Green into the rushing attack. Uh, Rush, how high are you on this offensive line? Well, really high. I, I, I think if I think they're the reason that we are successful. I, I think everything starts with the line. I mean, that's the foundation of any football team is line on both sides and, and, and schemes. Because here, here's the thing is – Two, two very important things is number one is with Neil Brown, especially if he's going to be a play caller. I mean, this applies to him being a head coach, but especially if he's going to call plays is he needs to feel the game. 
And that was my point earlier when I was saying with the 2020, he kind of had decisions already made up in his head of what he wanted to do. You need to just feel it, feel the game and feel the momentum. Very important. And, and two, and this kind of gets to the offensive line and why it, it, it's so crucial, not only running a pass block, but disguising the types of blocks they're going to be doing is with Devin Carter, with, with these great running backs, with the line, with the dual threat of Garrett Green. Um, we'll see the tight ends. I'd like to see more involved this year. But basically, if you're not sure if they're going to be running or passing and they're stacking the box, is you can you can spread out. You just need a couple other receivers that are not named Devin Carter to at least just have speed. Just find a way to get open and catch the ball. But if you're not sure if it's going to run, pass, or it starts with a run and Garrett Green takes off, is you you just have to disguise that well. And where does that disguise start? It starts at the offensive line. You 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 need to make it look like you're pass blocking, but you're really run blocking and vice versa. And I think if the offensive line does an excellent job of disguising the types of plays that they're doing and the type of blocking they have going on, then even, even the huddle could be, hey, we're calling for a pass here, but then Garrett Green just sees something and takes off. And I think that makes it capable to run any offense at any time that you want. I think having the, uh, just like the town of Morgantown, they would adopt the whole, we're going to use our big burly dudes to shove it right down your goddamn throat really, really easily. You know, like that's... Yeah that's something that's that's going to excite the whole damn stadium real quick, you know, five yard run on first down. Everyone's going to be like, hell yeah, we finally have the ability to do something from this point on instead of get stuck here in these second and nine, second and eight. Again, that could help Neil's play calling too. you know, just having a little bit more freedom. If you can control that clock and control that pace. And Ryan, you brought this up too. Sorry to interrupt, but uh, credit to you because they don't have, the clock doesn't stop on first down anymore. You Correct. just need a game manage the hell out, out, out of the other team. You don't have to do fireworks or this or anything. Just And, that, and that's where the line comes in too, is, is the clock not stopping and just, just keep running. You don't have to say hike when there's still 30 seconds left on the play clock. Just grind it down. And the next thing you know, you look up and you're like, we won this game. Or the other team's like, how did we lose this game? Because we game managed the hell out of you. And, and we're talking about game managing, setting up your, your passing attack through the rushing attack. A guy that I think everybody, and they've been bullish on this guy in the spring, is the transfer from LSU, the big tight end, Cole Taylor. Six foot seven body, you mentioned it, Troy. This Morgantown loves the big, strong dudes, ground and pound. This guy's going to fit right in. And I, I like also from the offseason standpoint what they did on the defensive side, adding transfers to add depth in the back end, whether it was Montre Miller coming over, Anthony Wilson, just multiple guys that are going to add depth, Tyron Bradley on the defensive line. So from a depth standpoint, this has been – this is Neil's deepest team, especially in the trenches on the offensive and defensive line. We are going to look at the Mountaineer schedule for the 2023 season. But first, I got to talk about Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. And the NFL season is right around the corner. And Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props. And it's available in a ton of markets. Plus, plenty of opportunities to win their daily MLB contests. And, of course, enter their best ball mania where first place gets $1 million. That's a lot of money if you ask me. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit up to $100. That's the underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. 
And we are back on the Big 12 College Experience, ready to dive into year number five, pivotal year for Neil Brown. And we will lead it off. It's a, there's no cupcakes here to start, uh, gentlemen, because the West Virginia Mountaineers on September 2nd are going to Happy Valley to play in the first ever Big Ten NBC game. Uh, it feels like the first NBC game that's not Notre Dame. Uh, here's the format we're going to do for this. We are going to pick all three of us which side we are leaning as of uh, late July headed into camp, and we will do a composite uh, standings at the end for all the Big 12 teams based off our previews. Obviously, West Virginia being uh, the first one because they're preseason 14th. Uh, Penn State, uh, are we all on a loss here? Yes, but it's a moral victory game. Okay. If they can just keep it close and just show something, it's moral victory. But yes, it, they'll, they'll lose this game. I'm almost on a like route for a loss that's close as well because I would rather them beat Pitt than Penn State. I don't disagree. I, I mean, obviously, I want them to win because it would be a top five win in week number one it, <laughs> on the road, but I'm with you. I think it, I think we're all leaning taking the points. I think we could definitely say that because they're currently getting three touchdowns at Penn State. Do we all agree that that's inflated? Yes. I think it might be close to 19 or so, but you know, three full touchdowns does seem like a little bit too much. Open it up late. Yeah. I mean, I could see that happening, but I, I think we all agree that they're competitive throughout and rush. I think this is the first game where they're able to use that clock to their advantage, where they can game control, mm -hmm. manage, limit the possessions and make, instead of having 15, 16 offensive possessions, make it a 12 to 13 on each side where you're playing a superior team like Penn State. Penn State's got some questions, too, with the youth. Um, so, we, I mean, all three of us got a mowing one. Tough draw. It's definitely not a cupcake schedule yeah. like uh, But play like you play like yeah. you have nothing to lose. You don't have anything to lose. No one's expecting anything. And you've had all offseason to prepare for these guys. And you got to think. Let it rip. And you got to think, even if they are, you know, five or six out of ten successful with a bit more ground and pound and clock control, that three touchdown number is extremely inflated at that point. Yeah. Don't commit penalties. Just practice the fundamentals. I'd rather, I'd rather you not commit penalties and punt a lot more than just practice discipline. That's all you have to do. Yeah. No, it's, I think this is a great test early on to see how good their offensive line really is. So that gets me to my next game. If they lose this one, I'm quitting the show. We all have window <laughs> against Duquesne. <laughs> yeah. Just don't look ahead to Pitt, but yes, win against Duquesne. Yeah, I have them beating Duquesne, even if they are looking ahead against Pitt. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> I, I was going to say, they're looking ahead and looking back, but they can, they can look down and they still should win this game. Um, Fucking all right, well, that gets uh, me to the most important game of the season. I don't think it's even closer to debate which game, if you had to label in the Neil Brown era, which game is the most important game of his career. That is September the 16th, 7.30, ABC, Mountaineer Field, Milan Pushkar, Pitt returning to Morgantown, each ship Pitt for the first time since 2011. Rush, why will the Mountaineers get this done? I know you're not picking Pitt, so why will the Mountaineers? No, I'm not. And I actually, to, to be fair to the audience, I really do feel this way. I feel like West Virginia will win this game. I love your shirt, Troy. Um, is... Just Mountaineer going Milan Puskar, um, just the tailgate, just what Morgantown has to offer. 
in terms of home field advantage is going to be the difference in this game. Now it's probably going to be a close game. It is, it is a rivalry. Don't get me wrong. I want to kill these guys. I want it to be 50 to nothing, but I, I, I see the Mountaineers. This is where, you know, working on the discipline where it's actually a good thing to play at Penn state to open up the season is you, it may come down to who has ball last. And, it, and, and I think West Virginia, you know, actually I'll say it now, West Virginia wins on a knockoff walk off field goal. And, and hopefully Morgantown's still standing on NFL Sunday the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so to expand on the home field advantage, this was one that I specifically saw on the schedule because they are three and one in stripe the stadium games and they beat Baylor last year in a stripe mm-hmm. the stadium Thursday night game. And this is stripe the stadium against Pitt. West Virginia is going to win this game by 10 points. I like it. I like it. You know, it's going to be like 21 to 10 or 21 to 13. They're going to be right there in that eight, 10 point area. And it's going to be real slow, real annoying. They were able to run the ball for almost 200 yards last year at Pitt. I agree with you guys a hundred percent that playing at Penn state going into that environment helps prepare them for this environment and they're going to get this done. And I, and in fact, I will lock up the money line right now, currently at plus 100, because I think the Mountaineers will be laying points by the time we kick off the ball um, come September 16th, just because I think the Mountaineers are being undervalued right now. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where I'm leaning right now or not leaning. That's where I'm betting right now is the Mountaineers uh, plus 100 at the money line against that shit school from Pittsburgh. All right. That goes right into the team that has kicked our ass to be honest the last since Neil Brown got to town Saturday September the 23rd the Big 12 opener Lubbock Red Raiders with all the hype coming into Morgantown Rush what's your breakdown here man this is a pivotal game as well it is a pivotal game um I think you're gonna see something throughout the year where it's gonna be like hell yeah we won and then what the fuck we lost type yeah it's just kind of up and down um, Texas Tech, you know what's funny? Texas Tech has had our number since Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes did not have our number. Skylar yeah. Howard beat him. That's what's funny about all this. I, I I see it as a letdown spot, and I see it as a letdown spot that people won't care because we'll have beat Pitt earlier. Um, you know, if we we don't want to drop any more after this one, of course, but I see Texas Tech winning it and um moving West Virginia to two and two. It's got to be a letdown spot if you can buy almost five tickets for the same price as one against Pittsburgh. I mean, I understand it's a rivalry <laughs> game, but it just glares something up. I don't know. I just – I don't really see this West Virginia team getting to a three-and-one number. Like I – whether it's, it's Pitt or Texas Tech out of those two teams, I, I mean, I'm definitely giving them a loss here. I just – for some reason, it just seems like they will they will use everything up that they possibly can the week before, and it will be uh, it might even be somewhat of an embarrassing letdown. I actually think they're going to win this game because Texas Tech embarrassed them forty eight to ten last year, and Texas Tech's been the letdown game. I think because they haven't had expectations. Texas Tech has the target on their back, but uh, two out of three rules here. We got the Mountaineers as a loss against Texas Tech. And that gets us into the first road game. Uh, a team that the Mountaineers have actually played well last Saturday in September, going down to Fort Worth Stadium. Oh, man. Interesting spot. Rush, where are you going here? 
So this is interesting. As I looking through this, for the longest time, I always felt like this game was going to be a loss. But when you look at history, right, we've always done well in Fort Worth. Fort Worth has actually not been a problem at all for West Virginia. And you look at the game last year, a game that we should have won and knocked TCU out of playoff contention. And for some reason, those games, all of a sudden, the following year have a way of evening themselves out. Especially if we get embarrassed against Texas Tech and, you know, we don't do well and already kind of move on and you're not exposing too much of the playbook. But going into the show, I was actually going to chalk this up as a loss, but just I kind of talked myself into a win. So I'm, I'm going to say they, they beat TCU and Fort Worth to go to three and two. I, I actually have them going down to TCU and winning this game as well. I think uh, TCU falls into that last year's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor category of they're just uh, not as good as people think they're going to be. I, even coming off of the, the semifinal win and all that kind of shit for the whole program, this is going to be more of a letdown year for TCU than people are mm-hmm. ready for. I uh, If they lose to Texas Tech, I think that they're going to win this. Just you mentioned it. Neil never lost to TCU. Um, until last year, and when they had their most historic good team, the team that went to the national championship, West Virginia should have beat them last year. So I agree with you. If they lose to Texas Tech, it's a good bounce-back opportunity. So we are all on 3-2, and two, and I think personally we all have them 3-2. If they beat Texas Tech and are 3-1, and one, I think they drop it. But either way, I think they get a split between the Red Raiders and TCU to get to 3-2. and two. And that gets us to the game on a Thursday night in H-Town between Dana Holgerson, Coach Red Bull, taking on his former Mountaineers and again and Neil Brown. Rush, where are we going here? So it's kind of funny. You just you were just talking about this, right? It almost does you a disservice to do like a game by game prediction. Like you almost yeah. like you take it three games at a time. I know they'll go two and three there. They'll go like you you just don't know which one, but obviously we're doing game by game here. Yeah. Um all right, so a couple of notes going into this game is they will be on they will be coming off a bye and it's a Thursday. So they don't have to turn around on Thursday night. So it's good cushion. I, I I think they're gonna beat Dana and Houston. I'm gonna move them to four and two from this game. I think this is gonna be one of those this whole time where it's gonna be, oh, should have kept Dana, should have kept Dana. And then we're just gonna laugh at ourselves and be like, oh wow, Neil Brown actually beat when it actually came to it, Neil Brown beat Dana. So I'm going to give them a win in Houston, move them to four and two. I have West Virginia winning the Bulgerson down in Houston Bulgerson. on a, on a Thursday night that, uh, I don't know how excited Houston will be for that game. Uh, it might be a bit of a home letdown spot for Houston themselves. Uh, yeah, I see West Virginia getting to four and two here as well, because then comes the sweat. If, if, if we're on the four and a half, like we all said we were, the sweat is coming, baby. I, I, I'm I, with you. I, I think they're better in the trenches in Houston. And Dana, I think, is going to press like crazy in this game. I think he wants to beat the Mountaineers so bad that it actually backfires. They have Texas on deck as well. So I, I, I kind of buy into your angle as well, Troy, that Houston won't be overly motivated. Yes, Dana will be, but so will Neil Brown. I mean, I, I think that he, he definitely wants to beat Dana. He replaced Dana. I'm with you. We're all on four and two, and we're half win away from uh, them already hitting the over. It headed into the oh no, we're not even in the month of November. We're on October the 21st. Here comes Gundy to town. 
Shout out to our guy, Mike Gundy, our favorite coach in the league. Morgantown's going to be on fire here. Rush, do you got the Mountaineers beating the Cowboys to get to 5-2 and two and hitting that over? So, because we'll have played the Thursday night before, we get a little bit extra time to deal with, with Oklahoma State. Let me check something real quick on Oklahoma State's opponent after so actually i'll leave it like this going i've kind of talked myself into the tcu win but i also don't see west virginia winning three in a row i do think this is actually a a, a capable game for west virginia it's probably going to be one of those that either beat uh tcu or they beat oklahoma state but they won't uh win both and if we're doing if i did the tcu from the historical standpoint the historical standpoint we've never really done uh, we, we, we've never done well against Oklahoma state. So I'll, except when I'll, the game I'll, doesn't matter, <laughs> except when the game doesn't matter. Exactly. Going to your point earlier, you told us yeah. last season, we were going to be Baylor, Oklahoma and Oklahoma state. If they just gave us three random wins, you're going to, I'll be like, Oh, we're, we're, t- we're going in the national championship. Um, but I'll, I'll chalk this one up to a loss. I think Gundy takes this one, even though it's in Morgantown. I, uh, I just can't give the over to West Virginia. <laughs> on the 21st of what September uh, uh, like I said this is going to be a sweat like the next four games are going to be a sweat schedule for them and I don't know this just seems like one of the games that we look back on and we're we're thinking wow another one that Neil Brown just let slip right through his hands plus they have Cincinnati next week I just checked that for some reason I I, I forgot Oklahoma State's cupcake schedule so yeah, yeah, I uh, Gun Gundy's gonna get this done, especially if the Mountaineers are what uh, two and one in, in Big Twelve play. They're not gonna. I don't think I'm with you, Russia. They're not gonna beat or our scenario. They're not gonna beat TCU, Houston, and Oklahoma State. It's a letdown off the Dana game, um, and, and Gundy owns them. It, it's gonna be revenge for Gundy, and everybody's sleeping on the Cowboys. I'm with you. He gets it done in Morgantown once again. He's the coach other than uh, Lincoln Riley that's had the most success in Morgantown. So we got the Mountaineers, what, by my math, at four and three. God, this is uh, this is good. You're right, Troy. This is going to be a sweat because we got to go to the bounce house to end October. Uh, Rush, are we going to get drilled here? Yeah, this is going to be the game. Well, maybe not drilled. Not drilled. This is the game that you say to yourself, how the fuck did we lose to UCF after like, yeah, it's, it's going to be like, Oh, we should win this, but we're definitely, you think, you know, we had our separation right at, at, at four and two or whatever it was. Yeah. That, that separation is going to kind of close. Troy, Troy's was on it. Uh, we're going to lose to UCF putting my prediction at four and four. I, I've got the bounce house winning this one. Um, if for nothing more than, you know, bath salts are a little bit stronger than meth. Uh, but when you're down in Central Florida, it's not like you're limited to just that. There's plenty of other options. And, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I think that the, the momentum starts to fall after they lose an Oklahoma State game at home. I think that the, the Neil Brown train starts to lose its momentum. I see them losing this game, too. And this is where, in the past, they've hit the wall a little bit is late October – but they've been good in November under Neil Brown, believe it or not. Even in last year where it looked like a lost season, they won two out of three down the stretch. BYU's coming to town. We will not be at this game rush. <laughs> no, 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 not to remind you once again. Um, it's a true blue military appreciation Mountaineer week. 
Uh, is this a smash spot for the Mountaineers? Get right off two straight losses against uh, the Mormons coming to, uh, I guess, the East Mountains from the West Mountains. There you go. Honestly, if you want to know the truth, they're going from the mountains to the hills. The, yeah. the difference is out in Utah, though, you live in the valley, so it's actually flat as shit. The mountains are just, but here you actually live in the mountains. So that's why you get more of this. But um, no, I actually think West Virginia wins the game. They better win this game. It's my wedding day. If you're going to win one, well, besides <laughs> the pick game, if you're going to win the next game to one win is uh, BYU here. I actually think this is going to be one West Virginia is going to, it's going to be very similar um, to the one we played at FedEx where West Virginia will get up. You think they're about to like keep going then BYU will catch up. And West Virginia will get ahead, and then BYU, you're like, oh crap, here they come, and something will, uh, you know, we'll have a late game interception like we did pass. But I think it'll actually be a good game, and I think this is where West Virginia um, gets a winning record again, and is at five and four. Yeah, you know exactly how this plays out. Russia's getting married. It's the cl- most classic game of the whole year on the schedule. We're trying to pay attention to too much shit going on all at once. <laughs> Comes down to the last possession. Yeah, West Virginia gets this done, and we're all partying with Rush, hitting the over yep. against BYU at the wedding, That's just like the storybook ending is supposed mm. to happen. Uh, I'm going with that. I think, I think just because of Russia's wedding, I'm 100% on the Mountaineers here, and – probably going to lock in a money line regardless of what the line is at just knowing how it. things are going to happen let's do it a wedding I, day I would, bet yeah i would say what, what do you think i think the mountaineers will probably be favored by a field goal yeah I, I, yeah i think it'll, it'll be three and a half they'll play with yeah. that line three it'll be three yeah. and a half. but we're not yeah, we're not bitches we're not going with the points there we're not yeah. we're not no we're it's straight money line for us uh, they might win on a field goal so let's <laughs> pump the brakes on the half would really get us <laughs> I, I i i like the Mountaineers here i like you said off back-to-back losses love the spot here i think we are partying in the first saturday in november hitting the over taking shots fireball whatever the hell we want to take shots of moonshine at russia's wedding and uh yeah i you don't make sure you tune into the show that night when we hit the over I, for the actually uh, um <laughs> if all of a sudden the show doesn't happen you'll know what like all of a sudden it's like we try to go live and it's just a black screen just we're warning you now it, it's we hit the over <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, you that- can make up the show in your own mind from there like you know it, it, you, you know what's going on uh, yeah got- if you if you subscribe to the patreon we'll give you the inside scoop of what happened <laughs> and then we all blacked out <laughs> uh, exactly subscribe and get the patreon so you can see us black out and see our show black out uh hell wherever subs- we are <laughs> subscribe to my patreon aka my wedding fund at rambling rush on venmo <laughs> <laughs> there you go uh so we're so we're all on the over on saturday november 4th which oh man this is gonna set up quite the storybook for neil brown in year number five if he's five and four headed to norman saturday november 11th can they make it two in a row over the sooners they should have won two years ago against uh spencer rattler and lincoln riley i don't think caleb williams is in yet what do you think here rush they were cheering for Caleb Williams to go in. He might have come in at the end, actually. He might um, have. It, he was, it was like that game. Eric um, Reed played a lot. Yeah. No, he did. He had a hell of a game. Um, no, uh, West Virginia's going to they'll lose this game. This is the come down from the wedding. This is the, oh, I can't move for a couple of days, guys. I'm hurting. So <laughs> it's that game. Yeah, I got Oklahoma winning this one. I'm sorry to make your pick irrelevant here, uh, uh, Ryan, but. Uh, after all that, beat BYU at home. I've got Oklahoma winning this one. Um, 
I think it's going to be pretty handily this year. Me too. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be just like two years ago. Uh, they're able to run the ball in Oklahoma once again, just like last year, control the trenches. But I think Oklahoma, the Mountaineers are playing better at this time, just like every year in November under Neal. But they they just run out of gas, and uh, Brent Venables and the Sooners get a win in Norman, and the streak or the drought continues for the Mountaineers in Norman. Uh, last time they won was 1982 with Jeff Haas, settler at quarterback. So that sets up senior day, and they're 5-5, five and five, and they got the old Big East rivalry coming to Morgantown no, Saturday, November 18th. Do the Mountaineers go bowling on senior day, Rush? Yeah, they do. And now we're going back up. I start my honeymoon. Life's good. <laughs> we're going bowling, baby. Yeah, you got to get through the. Go you got to you got to get through the hangover week to experience the defeat or the the victory over Cincinnati. Yeah, I think they win this one at home, uh, and I think they get to six. And like I was saying before the show, they just seem like a a, a six win team with a chance to get to seven. Agreed. Yeah, this this is a this is an old rivalry. This place is gonna be rocking for this game. We'll we'll call this the Hugs Bowl in honor of uh, Bob Huggins. You got West Virginia, Cincinnati. Um, yeah, no, I think they're going bowling. Clinch your spot, baby. Um, definitely on the over, and they wrap up the 2023 season. Why the fuck is this the last game of the season? They go down to Wake Up McLean Stadium. This is the most random ending to a season. The Cincinnati game should be the last game of the season. This is stupid as hell. You're making too uh, much sense, Ryan. Yeah. Stop or it. no, the, the pick game should be. But until Pitt joins the Big 12, maybe one day, it should be Cincinnati. Um, They have not had success at all in Waco. I don't nope. know if they've ever won in Waco. Maybe one uh, – hmm. I don't recall. Maybe one year under Matt Rule. I can't remember. I'm not sure. I it might have been won. Matt Rule. That was the year um, Matt Rule inherited. I just I don't know if the game was in Morgantown or Baylor, but yeah, they killed Matt Rule. It was a Thursday night game. Um, I don't remember. That was in that. Morgantown, though. Yeah, then 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 yeah. I, I don't think we've ever won in Baylor. I don't either. think we've won in Waco, we'll and they've it. never won in Morgantown. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of it's actually perfect. Yeah, um, uh, I think it continues. I, I've said it all season long. Six and six, baby. We'll go yeah. bowling. So this is the come down from the honeymoon. So. You know, it, it's sometimes your personal life reflects your football team. So that's what we're getting here, folks. I think this one's scheduled last because Baylor's going to have a chance to win themselves into the Big 12 championship game. And West Virginia is finally going to have something to play for in the last game of the year, trying to go for a winning record, locking it in without the bowl mattering. I think this one ends up being an extremely, extremely close football game with Baylor oh. sneaking it out. But I really think West Virginia has a chance to go down to McLean this year and win this game with, especially if they get to that sixth win and they know they're going bowling and everybody's like, well, maybe Neil is okay. Maybe we're trending up. Maybe the climb is slow. They could go down there. Troy, I, I think I agree with your angle where if Baylor has title aspirations here or title scenarios where – all they have to do is beat West Virginia and they're in the Big 12 championship game. Then I could see West Virginia winning that game because it's the Big 12. And you know there's got to be a bunch of tiebreakers and total bedlam in uh, week number 14 or whatever it is on Saturday, November 25th. 
But so, for now, we'll give it a loss. So, so boys, I looked something up because something didn't feel right with this. Remember, uh, it was 2017. We were ranked 23rd. It was in Waco. We won by two points, 38-36. It's when Baylor scored 23 points in the fourth quarter. Oh, I do remember yeah. that game. I'm like, there's something that's not, yeah. Oh, that game. Oh. Jeez, yep. Well, there's been a couple of those in West Virginia history. But, hey, at least we held on to it. Yeah, I'm like, something's not sitting me right. We have one there. That was it. But I don't think that, that'll be this year. I'm trying to remember. Was it, that was Will Greer's first year. No, Dana was still coach. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Obviously, Dana was still coach. I Sorry, I, I did uh, – Yes, it was because 2018. It was, it, yes, yeah, it, it was, it was Will first year. Yeah, I do. Yeah, remember yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was actually. Yeah, we. It was six. What was it? It was 17-6 going in. We scored twenty. Yeah, definitely. and they were zero and seven. They were zero yeah. and seven in the game. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I do remember now because yes, because uh, Baylor, they've always given us fits in Waco, and we always give them fits in Morgantown. So we are all on the over, and we actually have a, a another game and a half of cushion. Um, and that gets me to my next question, Rush. Mm-hmm. What is the ceiling and floor of this team? If you could see maybe, let's say, a Texas Tech flipping or something, or say shit hits sure. the fan, they get a bunch of offensive line injuries. What's the floor of this team? I think the floor is you lose to Pitt, and it's not a good game, and we don't do well against Penn State. And uh, it's similar to Wisconsin last year with Paul Chris. You're you're getting you're getting the boosters together for a buyout. That's the floor. I think the ceiling is, yeah, you flip, you flip a game, and then maybe you attack on a bowl game to there and go eight and five. That that's what I'll say the ceiling, the floor is for West Virginia. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree on the ceiling, and I really do think it comes down to that Baylor game. If they can win that seventh game on the last game on their schedule, maybe get you know a slightly more elevated bowl game, and all these guys that came back because they like West Virginia decide, you know what, we are going to play in this bowl game for Neil. And we think he is doing the right thing, but I see their floor as a win against Duquesne and four losses after going down to Fort Worth and Neil Brown hitting the road. And who knows what happens after that? Because I really could see Pittsburgh winning. I mean, I don't think it's going to mean it's a rivalry game. So, you know, there's a chance for either side, 100%. And then if they were to lose that Texas Tech game at home right afterwards, man, that would be a lot of pressure to go down to Fort Worth knowing that there's probably a chance that you might not be flying home with the team. If that were to occur, then it gets really scary because, like I said, the the last few games in the schedule were already going to be sweats if they were playing well. I could see the floor of this team being like three wins, two wins. My my swing game, by the way, Ryan, is that Oklahoma State game. Troy's is yeah. Troy's is Baylor. Mine mine's Oklahoma State. Just to make that clear. Um. I, yeah. I I think uh, I think I lean to. I think I have two swing games. I think Texas Tech that they're they're going to be ready to go because they've lost every game under Neil Brown to them. I think they're due and they're tired of losing to Texas Tech. But I also agree with Troy on the back end. I think that that Baylor thing. If there's a chance to have some chaos in the Big Twelve. I'll say the the floor. Obviously, they lose the pit, and, and they're just not competitive in the Penn State game, and they go four and eight, may, maybe even three and nine if they just completely quit on Neil. But I do think that the ceiling is eight and four. I really do believe that because I thought it, they were really unlucky last year, especially early against Penn State, or uh, not Penn State, Pitt, and uh, in Kansas early on, and that kind of derailed the whole season. Started zero two. I think if they get off to a fast start, survive September for once, 
they can have a really good year and go bowling once again. Do you guys here? Let's give out some locks and dogs. I'll lead it off. I'll lock up. Uh, I'm locking up Pitt because I think uh, I, they're going to beat Pitt. I'll take plus 100 on the money line. Um, and a bonus lock, actually, I'll give out over four and a half wins. I, I think that they're going to get to bowl, uh, a bowl. So why would I not lock in uh, over four and a half wins? So I'm on over four and a half wins and Pitt as the game of the year in week number three in Morgantown in prime time. Rush? I'll lock the four and a half as well. And the game I'll lock is BYU. I'm yeah. very confident about that game. Yeah, I was going to say the BYU one is an auto lock just based on storyline. So we can just throw <laughs> that out there. If you're a fan of us, we're all going to be on West Virginia against BYU and you can, yeah. you know, sweat it out and suffer it with us. There might even be some live videos that we get to put up on Twitter and Instagram or YouTube or something like that. I'm also I'm going to lock in the Thursday night game, the Bulgerson against Houston. I think that that one is going to be one that Neil, if he's still the coach, or even if he's not, West Virginia still will have something to prove at that point, regardless of what has happened in the in the seat like to the season before that. And you know we're all on the over, so four and a half. Just if it was five and a half, I'd be a little more worried. But four and a half just gives me, I mean, way too much confidence. We are all on the over. Rush, before we get out of here, tell everybody where to find you and all your good work. Appreciate that, Ryan. You can find me at Rambling Rush on Twitter and Instagram. Also, you can find, especially since this is a West Virginia preview, our Ryan and I's West Virginia show at the Ryan and Rush show. Beautiful hats, gentlemen. I wish I didn't get a headache when I wore a hat, but they are good looking hats. Um, especially subscribe to our YouTube channel. And I will say a little long shot on there. Hey, you can only bet a, uh, a dollar on DraftKings. I mean, if it's, if it's 2000 to one, I mean, why not throw a buck on to win the big 12 to the big, to, why not <laughs> to, win, to, win the, to, to win the crazy ass big 12. Troy, how about you? Tell everybody where to find you. You can find me on Twitter at Troy Tuning, just my full name. And uh, on Instagram, since somebody messaged me and said they got these mixed up, but on Instagram, I'm Troy Drinks Miller. Uh, either of those two spots is pretty much where I do all of my interactions. Uh, I think the reason why you get a headache when you wear a hat rush is because your brain's too big. Yeah, so, that is fair. I was a catcher in baseball, but my brain not be may not be big now. Maybe it is 200, 500 to one. There's too many zeros. This thing's passing by my eyes too quick. And it's yeah. just a dollar you'd be throwing down the drain, so save that for a later bet. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah, inflation's going up. You're going to need that dollar at a later date. That's like, so. It's only like a quarter of a McDouble now. Oh, yeah. Save that shit, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe you are right. It was 200 to 500 to one. Well, people that don't finish this episode and go nuts in the comment section, but hey, we love it. Yeah. Hey, once once you get past the third zero, it's all the fucking same. It's a <laughs> long, long, long shot, like Brian Harmon at the British Open this last weekend. But uh, I know that was Troy. So make sure you go check out. Yeah, make sure you follow Troy. He gives out golf winners all the time. Go check out the golf gambling podcast. Follow me at moneyline underscore mac. Hey, and you heard me. I am locking up the West Virginia Mountaineers of week number three over each ship pit plus 100 on the money line, and we are all locking over four and a half wins, and we're going to be celebrating on Saturday, November 4th, when they win game number five and hit that over. Hey, are you guys going to ride it out with us? Let's see. And don't forget to let it ride.